Zwift is the fitness company born from gaming and utilizes multiplayer online gaming technology to create rich 3D worlds ripe for exploration. Join thousands of cyclists and runners and triathletes in immersive playgrounds like London, New York, and Paris, as well as Zwift's very own world of Watopia. From friendly races to social rides and structured training programs, Zwift utilizes a diverse or unites a device diverse community in pursuit of more fun, immersive, and a social fitness experience. If you uh, and in the short short form of all of that, if you haven't tried Zwift, you need to. It's an awesome platform. You're listening to the life of Try. It's triathlon for your ears. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Kevin McKinnon, and this is the Life of Try podcast. And I know normally Phil Rockna does it, but we've got a much better Australian on hand here today. Oh, now I'm really in trouble. Phil's going to give me the gears. And so, too, will Greg Welch Surplucky, the 1994 <laughs> Ironman world champion. Uh, he's a, I don't know, there's other, five-time world champion, I think it was? Yeah, something like that. Four, yeah, yeah four-time Ironman, uh, sorry, Ironman, four-time in triathlon, one-time in running. So there you go. Okay. And Phil is going to have your head, <laughs> but don't worry about me, I'm an easy target, always. <laughs> so, uh, yes, unfortunately, Phil not able to uh, join me for our podcast around the Ironman 70.3 World Championship. Uh, Greg... What a race, and uh, I'm guessing you had lots of fun calling this one. Yeah, you know what? Um, it was great. You know, I think um, the way that it turned out was, well, it's good for me. I picked top six, but not in that order. So, um, but that was great. You know, I thought that Lucy was going to be the one, you know, to defend the crown. Obviously, you know, things didn't, you know, go the way that Lucy wanted today, obviously. And, um, you know, Taylor Nib was fantastic you know she did exactly what lucy did last year it was almost like a carbon copy of uh, you know the race um, a year ago so and then you know the other positions I, I i thought that they'd file out exactly the way that they did um yeah so you, you, we've sort of seen taylor nib do this a few times and you know when she is on and you know i, I sort of was joking the the pto event that she did in dallas I thought was an amazing run. She's like, you know, you thought that was amazing. And I was like, considering you'd only run for three weeks, I was, you know, that you were able to get second and hang in there. And so I kind of was anticipating that a few more weeks of running would be scary for the rest of the field. And uh, it was. Yeah, it really was. You know, Taylor's just gone from strength to strength now. She's just hitting the straps. And we've, we really haven't seen the best of her yet. She's only 24 years of age. Came onto the scene, you know, back in Yokohama when she won the, you know, WTS race and qualified herself, you know, for the Olympic team. Um, 16th place at the Tokyo Olympics. Amazing. Um, Comes over here. uh, Well, don't forget the silver in the uh, mixed relay. Yeah, in the mixed relay. And then, you know, third place at the Ironman 70.3 World Championship last year. And at 23 years of age. Uh, And now, you see, with 77 days off running, and like you said, three weeks of running only going into Dallas... So 
And she's had, you know, quite a challenging year for herself because she was out for so long. But now we're just seeing, you know, hit her straps at the end of the season. I think she's off to Bermuda next week to race uh, WTS and then we wrapping up in Abu Dhabi. But this young lady has it all. I mean, she's well-educated, she's smart, she she's calculated, but I, I just think it's like letting a lion out of its cage. It's Because she's, you know, Taylor, you know, she'll be the first to tell you, she's a little wacky and uh, she's funny. But, um, yeah, look, we, we saw something today. I, I think that she's going to start, you know, uh, a new uh, evolution for sure. Um, so, yeah, fantastic race. And, you know, I, I actually saw Taylor do pretty much the same race plan. I think she was 16 or 17. It was the Pan American Junior Championships. Mm. I was down coaching and watching my son. It was in Monterey, Mexico. And I still remember watching her like just blast away, swim, bike, and run, and saying, that's going to be frightening when she gets older and starts to, and she just kept doing it. So very you exciting know, to see. Yeah, you know what? Today, it was, it was really interesting because you know when you see Lucy come out of the water in Kona and she gets into that beautiful rhythm on the bike and her swim stroke just nice and long and elegant strokes. And today it almost, you know, saw Lucy with a shorter arm stroke. Uh, her breathing pattern was off a little bit. So I think that the, the weather did have something to do with, with that. However, when Taylor got onto the bike, it was amazing to, that what unfolded. You, I know you were on the moto. I was watching it on TV. So it unfolded like it, it was it was crazy because you could see that Taylor had the legs. Her cadence was up. You know, Lucy's cadence was down a little bit. Flora was looking pretty good. Paula Finlay, solid. She was the second best, you know, on the bike today that I thought. I mean, she just yeah. looked great the whole way. But the way that Taylor sliced her way through that first part, you know, after, you know, leaving transition area in third and then getting caught up and then moved away through and, and overtook Lucy. It was, it was just crazy. And there was pretty much no challenge, you know, back because there was no way to challenge her because she was just so much better than everyone else. And then it was just, you know, little small increments of 10 seconds here and 20 seconds there. And then it was all of a sudden out to over six minutes. And it was like, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, it, it was mind-boggling how would, quickly that gap. Yeah, and then people were saying, well, how many minutes does she need off the bike to win the race? And I'm like, she doesn't need anything. <laughs> She's probably going to, well, okay, she might need a little bit on Emma Pallant, but that's about it because she was in form. Yeah, no, fan, absolutely. And um, so thank you for bringing up Paula Finlay, the Canadian. Um, what a great race for her. And. You know, she had a fantastic day in Edmonton earlier this year. Yeah. Like the, the 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 weight of the world on her shoulders in front of it. Like you could just see the pressure for her, and and just I think she's just so satisfied to finally get the podium at a at a world uh, the Ironman 70.3 World Championship specifically. Yeah, you know what? I love Paula Finlay, and I've liked Paula for a long time. And when I you know go back to thinking about Paula's best days, it was 2011, 2012. And she was ranked number one in the world. She was barely beatable. She was winning everything. And then things went awry for a little bit, injuries and, you know, so on and so forth. And now over the last couple of years post-COVID, you know, Paula's made this resurgence that's just spectacular. And today she was solid. I call her the turbo diesel today because great swim. On the bike, she showed absolutely no... Um, she had no anxiety. She just went out there and she was just smooth the whole way, Kevin. Yeah. She was amazing. She just picked away, you know, through the field. And she was the she was the front of that chase group, you know, to Taylor. Well, I was going to say, every time I saw 
she was at the front of that and everyone was just marking her. Yeah. Uh, the, it seemed to me, and I didn't see as much of it as you would have, but that sort of seemed what was happening. Oh, you're absolutely right. And and she was at the front driving the pace. And if anybody else went to the front, they were going to lose, you know, chunks of time. Coming back into town, you know, however, they, they had actually put 25 seconds on Lucy. Now they exit Snow Canyon. Coming back down the hill, Lucy catches up. <laughs> She's got this monster gear going and, uh, you know, now finally warm. Um, you know, they they hit the run course and there goes Polar again. Just rock solid in the run. Look, looked exactly the same when she ran out at mile zero to mile six when I saw her for the first time and then coming in toward the finish line and plus watching her on TV. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and, uh, you know, just it was so exciting. I saw them up on the golf course, the three of them running together, and I was like, whoa, this is uh, this is pretty cool. And, and no sign of panic at all with Paula. Yeah. You know, like she's sitting there literally with two of her heroes, <laughs> um, so, and uh, and no sign of panic, and and just pulled it pulled out all the stops she in was, that second half. She was fantastic. You know, when she ran out of transition, Lucy Charles Barclay went up the hill first, and then it was Paula, and Flora was still you know coming out of transition about 20 meters behind. Flora catches up. Uh, in no time, passes, uh, you know, Paula. And then they go up uh, diagonal. Once they got onto Bluff Street, now we're looking at about three quarters of a mile into it, all three together, like you said. Going onto the golf course, I'm like, wow, this is going to be interesting, isn't it? Because there's, you know, golf path and then across the, the grass and everything. And then, you know, by the time that they got into town, it was Flora that made the little break on uh, Paula, who'd made the little break on Lucy. By the time they came back in a mile and a half later, it was reversed. Paula was now in the front, Flora was definitely hurting, and Lucy, being as tough as Lucy is, was still hanging yeah. in there. Yeah, no, it was uh, just three unbelievable athletes sort mm. of pushing each other to the max. It was mm. uh, very exciting. Emma Pallant pulling out all the stops. You, know, you and I both saw her 2017 in Chattanooga where she yeah. got that second, and mm. uh, you know, very exciting to see. Oh, I, I know what I wanted to say. So at the press conference, I was able to stick in for... 20 minutes of it before I had to rush out and watch my, my wife finish. <laughs> here, double duty for the McKinnon here today. in her age group after Absolutely. winning the world championship in Kona. Yeah, very frightening. <laughs> um, and uh, But I was able to hear, uh, it was quite quite funny, uh, um, Lucy raced with it, what she called a bin bag, what the rest of us would call a garbage bag, <laughs> underneath her tri suit. So she had that on all day. Um, and because it was so close at the start of the run, she couldn't take it off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got to tell you a couple of funny stories before we before we end up here. Um, talking to a few of the athletes during the week and, and going through, you know, cold conditions. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, newspaper down the front like the cyclist. And I'm like, maybe that's not a good idea because once you do start sweating, you're going to look like a, a mosaic tile when you take your gear off and go out onto the run, right? Because it's going to be broken up and you're going to be looking like fish and chip paper. All right, so what do you want to do is cut up a mylar blanket, throw it down your chest, put it down your bike legs in front. So because there's no, there is no wind going to get through a mylar blanket, right? Plus it reflects the heat. So it's going to be perfect. I said, get the rubber gloves on the hands, the garden gloves, not the dishwashing gloves because no air passes through rubber, right? When it's solid like that. So that was, it was pretty funny to see a lot of these athletes, you know, running uh, and racing out on in uh, T1 onto their bikes with, you know, these mylar blankets. So, yeah, you can call them, you know, garbage bag Joes or mylar, mylar Margaret or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> but it was, it worked. <laughs> um, 
just want to finish up uh, uh, talking about Flora Duffy, you know, Olympic gold medalist. This was only her second 70.3. You know, she had just the world's worst luck, you know, gets COVID before, I think it was 70.3 Chattanooga. Uh, then her bike doesn't arrive before 70.3 Mont-Tremblant. Mont-Tremblant. Yep. Um, sorry, Ironman 70.3 Mont-Tremblant. And, um, you know, so she ends up getting the invite to come here. Just fantastic. But, you know, I've seen her at two PTO events, just struggling to move up to the distance. And I, you know, I want to talk to a world champion, Ironman, world champions at the Olympic distance as well. And 70.3 when it wasn't cold that. <laughs> absolutely. That's right. Uh, the, yeah. um, and, and like, tell us a little bit about how hard, like, why, why is Flora not just sort of rolling in and, and taking this? I don't think it's anything other than just a little bit of bad luck here. She's a very humble champion. She was injured coming into this, and I know that for a fact. So when, you know, Flora's just, you know, got all these things on her plate, and next week is WTS Bermuda, where she dominated last time, right? And the whole crowd, you know, the whole oh, island come out, the whole country came out to watch her, right? 65,000, you're right. So she's got a lot of weight on her shoulders in that respect. But I don't think it's a matter of just, you know, stepping up to this one. This was the world championship, and these other women have come out with all guns blazing. Okay, everyone except for in that top six had done, uh, had not done Ironman. Lucy was the only one who had done it. They all specifically focused on this one. The pace was hard, Kevin. Flora was in there doing her bit. Flora on a good day is the best bike rider in any ITU or in any WTS event. But yeah. come here on a, you know, on a 90K, 56-mile ride, it's different. Your different position on the bike, nutrition's yeah. different. And, you know, I, I felt bad for Flora. I respect her so much. But, you know, with with about six miles to go, I could just see – actually, about five miles to go, I could just see that she was starting to, you know, hunch over in the front yeah. there. I don't think all the nutrition was staying down and she was starting to have some, you know, issues, you know, gastrointestinal uh, problems there. So, yeah, a little bit of bad luck, I think, um, you know. But she'll be back. You know, oh, it, she'll it, figure it out. Absolutely. Such a great once, champion. Yeah, you're not as good as Florida Duffy. And, and yeah. like once she figures it out, you know, yeah. well, you and I both saw Jan Ferdano first, you know, mm-hmm. um, I still remember Emma, uh, Emma Ferdano, mm-hmm. um, you know, saying they're just laughing because Jan was mm-hmm. either running mm-hmm. 320 per kilometer, or he was walking. Those yeah. are the only th- two things he did. Uh, yeah. But, you know, and once he figured it out, he, yeah. the guy did okay. <laughs> yeah, so. he did all right. <laughs> hey, uh, this has been awesome. Um, thank you so much. Um, you know, any, I'll just finish up. Were you, what was the, was there anything that really impressed you or really surprised you about this day? Yeah, I was surprised that uh, Taylor could, you know, bike that well and have such a great lead on the rest of the athletes. I'm not surprised at her winning because I had her at Lucy, you know, one, two, not in any particular order. Um, But I I will say this is that, you know, Taylor Nib is something special. She's like, you know, Chelsea Sodoro. And I'm really happy for women's triathlon in the USA to get back to that level. Um, You know, they dominated for quite some years at the early days, but, you know, Europe and Australia and... You know, some other countries have have come along, and Canada, and done really well. But um, just really, really happy that USA was back on top today. Actually, I do want, I want to ask you one more thing. Um, I feel like the two days in Kona, obviously, you know, the 70.3 has been two days, but it wasn't here last year. And 
But the two days in Kona, to me, was a huge change for our sport. You know, and you know, kudos. You and I are both associated with Ironman. Have you know all that stuff. But I do want to just sort of credit where credits due. I think Ironman really stepped up and has done some pretty awesome things. Yeah, and you know what, Chelsea Sodoro uh, summed it up, not only just for women, you know, with, uh, oh, sorry, mothers in sport and things like that, women had their own race, women had their day, and, you know, there were some men's age groups, you know, thrown in there, but the, the faster age groups were at the end of the day, so that wasn't an issue, so it was Women's Day, Thursday yeah. was Women's Day in Kona, and I love that, and I think that, you know, we have to be all-inclusive, and it's, we have to encourage you know, people, we, we want to get those numbers up to 50 men, 50 women, you know, 50%. Well, and that's exactly 50%. what will be and there. It will yeah. be, yeah, next year. Well, and it so was this year and it will be next year. Correct. You know I mean? and, and I like that. I, I love the, the idea of that. Um, the two days of racing, um, at least we had a day to rest in between as well. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty hard spectating and, and, and working as well. But um, I thought it was great, great for the sport. Yeah, I feel like uh, right now triathlons in a pretty good spot very healthy (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome uh this is greg welch i'm kevin mckinnon thank you for joining us on the life of tri podcast i'm probably going to try and uh, grab sir plucky again tomorrow uh, after our men's race here in uh, beautiful saint george utah and um and we'll be back with phil hopefully in the next uh, week or so thanks again for joining us Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.